As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to this podcast from KX93.5. We invite you to tune in for more great music and talk on our grassroots nonprofit radio station here in Laguna Beach, California. No matter where you are in the world, you can listen to our station at kx93.5.com or on our smartphone apps. Right now, here's Awakening Code Radio from KX93.5. Thank you, Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's been a guest over the years. We are celebrating officially now our four years on the air. Um, this, this week going by is when we sat here for the very first time, me in this chair, you in that chair. Yep. I don't think you were on the air that very first show. You were kind of just here. No, as, I was on the air. Oh, you, you were. You asked me to be your guest. Oh, you were the guest. You yeah. weren't a guest host. And then afterwards, a lot of our friends said, you should be a co-host. Yeah, well, <laughs> good idea. I mean... It's been quite the journey, amazing guests um, that I wouldn't have thought possible four years ago. I mean, these people that I would, you know, when uh, Nassim Harriman, that's a, a guy that I really appreciate. After he speaks to a thousand people, there's a line of 500 of them that just want to say hi and shake his hand. And he's in our studio and I'm getting to ask him anything I want for two hours is just incredible to me. And we've had Greg Braden and Marianne Williamson and... Michael Tellinger and I mean Jonathan Goldman and I mean just and this, a lot of great musicians, amazing as well. musicians and healers and doctors and it just blows my mind that almost every week we've had a new guest. It just it's really mind blowing to me. I'm so grateful for all of it. And listener, you can tune in, find those podcasts. Um, we go back all the way to late 2012 uh, with our podcast library. You can catch it on iTunes. That's almost the easiest way. The whole library is there, iTunes and then Awakening Code Radio or at kx935.com and find Awakening Code Radio and shows and scroll down. Tonight we're talking about kindness. 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 And, you know, we talk about kindness a lot on the show, but I don't know how many shows we have called kindness. And we have an author of a book called Kindness on a Budget, Susan Abels. I'm going to push this Susie one. Abels. Bu- Susie Abels. I'm, I push that button and I'm hoping, oh, and I have to push another button over here. And I'm hoping Susie is there. Are you there, Susie? Yes, I'm here. Yay. Wow. I always feel so proud of myself when I push the right buttons and we actually get the phone to work. Well, thank you for <laughs> writing a book about kindness. Well, thank you for having me on your show. It's a real honor for me. Susie, when, when we were talking about this show, Eric and I, he was telling me he really wanted to do a show on kindness. And immediately your face popped in my head and your book Kindness on a Budget because you did a random act of kindness by giving me a copy of your book when Eric and I were in the 
Laguna Beach parade. The Patriots about a, Day Patriots parade. Day Parade. Mm-hmm. And it was about a year ago, something like this. Not even maybe. that far. And you just approached us and, and gave me your book. And I it really it really was something that made me feel good and I thought, wow, this is a woman that is, you know, after my own heart because of the way that you're living your kindness on a daily basis. And I, I want to thank you for agreeing to be on the show tonight because it was very last minute. I just asked you, I think, this morning or maybe even yesterday. I don't, I don't even remember. I've lost track of time. But thank you. I know you're going through a lot right now, a lot of hardships with your father who's been in and out of the hospital, and you've, you've been taking care of him tirelessly. Um, and I really applaud you for, for your efforts. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how do you practice random acts of kindness or kindness, you know, every day while you're going through your own challenges? Well, that's a great question. And you'd be surprised how many people ask me that um, who are following my Facebook post about my dad. And the answer is pretty easy and simple for me. It's when you take the focus off of whatever one is going through in their own life, and in my case, um, the honor of taking care of my almost 81-year-old father who uh, had a very, very serious accident, Um, and you take the focus from, wow, I'm really stressed and I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm worried, and you put that energy out towards another human in an act of kindness, it not only lifts you up, Michelle and Eric, but it lifts the person up as well. So I find at this stage of my journey, um, I do it uh, effortlessly and naturally. And what I found in these three months of my dad living in Orange County near me, near my husband and I, is that I'm also receiving those acts of kindness, even in a senior citizen um, environment. One of the things that you said to me on the phone earlier really, really inspired me and it made me smile when you told me a story about a man that's at the senior care center where your dad's living. Do you want to share that, the man that you hug every time you go? Yes. Well, my dad is fortunate to have worked very hard in his life, and so we're providing him you know, a very nice environment. But when before you get into where uh, the residents live, you have to walk through this corridor. And every morning, there's two gentlemen um, who sit in the chairs, and one of them, named Jim, waits for me. And I always come up to him, and he says, where's my hug, beautiful? <laughs> and which, I'm a beautiful person, but inside out, not outside in. And so I give him a hug, and I was sharing with Michelle that this gentleman who's going to be 89 years old on November 28th, uh, hugs me so tightly. I don't know if in my life I've received a hug so genuine. I don't mean to in any way uh, disrespect my family or my husband or my children or loved ones, but this gentleman hugs from all his heart, and he sits in the same chair day in and day out waiting for me. And it's a gift to me, and it's a gift to him. Sure. And, you know, uh, there's a thing that you said, and I want to go back to it, because I think it's probably the biggest stumbling stumbling block when we think about doing acts of kindness and being in service is it's paradoxical is you think I'm exhausted. All these things that you said, I'm exhausted. I, you know, am just at the bottom of my own, you know, um, level of energy or anything else. I have nothing else to give. How could I possibly be thinking of 
what can I do for someone else? And yet it, it is that very thing that kind of replenishes you. And it is a paradox. It's almost a Zen message that you're, it's like the Jesus message. When you get to the end of yourself, when you're at the end of your rope, you're really at the beginning of the spiritual climb. And this is the same thing to me about an acts of kindness. We are so busy. We're just so obsessed with ourselves, just putting out the fires all day long. The last thing we really think we can shift our thinking to is, oh, and I got to go out and think about somebody else now and not myself. But that's truly where things I think it shift. gives you the boost of energy. It's almost like a little cup of coffee or something that when you do something nice for somebody, you actually receive more than you give. Sure. It doesn't work on paper is kind of what I'm saying. It's like you're exhausted. How are you going to be of service to someone else? And yet that is the way it works. Well, here's the most incredible example of something that happened just in line with what you're saying, Eric and Michelle. So yesterday, I don't know if it was raining in Laguna Beach, but where I live in Irvine, it was raining lightly, and I quickly ran into CVS to buy my dad a really lightweight blanket for his wheelchair because his blankets in his room were too uh, heavy and long. So I run into his home after hugging Jim, the man I told you about, and I took Dad to breakfast, and I said, Dad, you know, it's raining lightly. Do you feel like you could go outside? And he just nodded. And I wrapped him up in his blanket and his hat and the scarf, and we went outside, and it was raining. And I said, are you sure, Dad? And he said, yes. We're going around the corner at the exit, like a block and a half past the senior center, and someone yells, Susie, Susie. And I turn around. I'm going to try to say this without crying. And this <clears throat> resident, Judy, who lives there uh, with her 90-year-old boyfriend, said, Susie, Susie, wait. And she was... Uh, walking as fast as she could to give me her umbrella. And I took the umbrella, and I thanked her very, very much, and I asked my dad if he could manage to lift these very weak, frail. And as we turned down the next block, it started raining substantially harder, and my dad was still holding the umbrella with his very slender arms, and he said he still wanted to go further. And I couldn't help but think that the way in which this this lady, Judy, and I had met were from acts of kindness from me towards her and her towards me. And it was such an incredible blessing. Uh, I wouldn't have made it back without being without my father being drenched had she not come to the rescue. And it was incredible. It was so so you asked of what the title of the book meant. Uh, total time, mm, two minutes. Total cost, zero. Total value, priceless. Uh, my dad was able to have a walk in his wheelchair in the rain without getting soaking wet. And I'm certain it was a gift to her as well. And I like how you have, you you really gave us a, a kind of a glimpse into how you have the book formatted. You have actions and you have total cost, total time, and total value. And it is really a cute little, you know, she gives little little snippets like i was i was looking i just opened to a random page today action 20 pay it forward and you talked about being at your local car wash you just run in and do your little car wash at ampm and on that day it was really crowded and um when when you got through the line the worker asked if you wanted to donate a dollar to the kids with leukemia and you said yes and then he thanked you for your patience and he gave you two 50 cent off coupons for for cola. And you said you didn't drink cola, but the man behind you had snacks and cola in his hand. So it took you, you know, really not very much time. Here you said eight minutes in line. It cost you a dollar to feed the kids, but 
the value was priceless because you left happy and grateful because you were able to give this guy who was buying cola mm-hmm. anyway, you know, a discount off his colas. So, um, and and I like that you wrote as you were grateful as your patience was intact and the smile from the worker spoke volumes. It's 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 a beautiful little read the way that you wrote the book and you give a lot a lot of simple little examples of how you can just practice random acts of kindness every day and it doesn't cost you very much. No, it doesn't. And a lot of people write into me, Eric, on um, by via email on Twitter and on the Facebook private messenger. And they say, "Well, we're going through a hard time. We live in Nepal. We live in Vietnam. We live in you know a poor country." How can we possibly be kind uh, daily? And then they write to me, oh, we read, you know, the Kindle version uh, for people who read English. It's only in English currently. And we realize, yes, we can be kind without having to spend one cent. And it's even buying an index, pack of index cards, and I leave them all around my neighborhood anonymously on whomever I see as the most unhappy-looking grouchy neighbor of mine, I leave a note, things are going to get better, you know, have hope. And it all stemmed from this notion of uplifting other people without wanting anything back in return, Eric, aside from kind of connecting and lifting us up together. That was how the book uh, started. Right. And it's an interesting arc that the Susie that we had on last week, Susie Lula, uh, talked, I wrote a book about self-care is mm-hmm. not being selfish, you know, and so it almost seems a little bit dichotomous that we have Susie this week saying, think of service to others. So they really should be talking to each other and they do. So we go back a week, we talk about um, self-care is not selfish. And she did the analogy of if you're on a plane, the there's an emergency happens, the oxygen masks drop. You put yours on first so you are replenished and safe so you can be of service. So we're not talking about depleting yourself to do an act of kindness for someone else. That's kind of an egoic state. You know, mm-hmm. she, she compared it to martyrdom, that you just give, 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 deplete, deplete, deplete of yourself to like almost like you're sto- storing up bargaining chips somehow for later, maybe to get into heaven or something. Maybe you don't even know why. Or maybe your own self-worth is is causing you to want approval from someone. Right. And, and that's really not the reason why you would do something No. Like that. So and they don't contradict each other. That you are in a place, you can be completely in a, a state of self-care, nurturing yourself and be performing acts of kindness for other people as well. It should not be a depleting thing. It should be a thing that just expands that cycle of gifting and gratitude, um, just acknowledgement that we're all human beings on this planet surviving and how good it feels to receive, even if it's just a token thing. Like she said, a note on a gift, on a card, um, not a gift card, just a note on a... a Three by five index card. Index card that just says, I'm, I'm, I acknowledge you, I'm thinking of you. You know, if you're having a bad day, things do get better. So... You know, thank you very much, Susie, for being here. It was a great follow-up, I think, topic for last week's show of how they merged together. Susie, I'd, I'd also, I, I wanted to give you a little bit of a plug for your next book you're working on because I think this is a topic that a lot of people um, will find interesting. And you sent me the title of the book is The Journey of Caring for Your Senior Parent with Love, Respect, Dignity, and Kindness. And I think that that is a book that's going to 
reach a lot of people right now because a lot of people are going through this baby boomer thing where the parents are, you know, starting to get to a place where they need their children. And um, we we had another guest on the show about the death and dying process or the, you know, end of life care or whatever. So I want to thank you for all you're doing to model how to be a kinder human. And I really appreciate the inspiration you are. So thank you so much, Susie, for being on the show and for doing what you're doing. And right, and just let people know that you can find Susie's book, Kindness on a Budget, on Amazon. It's available both in Kindle uh, format and as a paperback. It's not a big book. It's a great little book, to keep, a bedside table book. You know, just something, read a short part of it um, and be inspired. So thank you, Susie. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for the honor of being on your show this evening. And I just wanted to add that My second book is really dedicated to, like Michelle said, um, the middle-aged group who are going through this very difficult phase of caring for their parents. And part of what I'm infusing in the book um, is the blessings of it, as well as the hardship, the preparation, as well as the humor. My brother and I shared a hysterical story, which I'll keep your listeners when they check out my book in Stanford when my brother started barking in the bathroom and the security guard came (laughs) security guard walked by and asked if I was okay and I said it was my brother and my brother started making jokes and it was the way that kept us during the first week of just very traumatic intensive care long long hours he was it was hysterical so I'm also infusing the book with some real life experiences that my brother and I had on the journey that actually was filled with humor. Awesome. Well, thank you for all your efforts. We appreciate you being on the show with us and we look forward to your next book coming out. Everybody find kindness on a budget on Amazon. Thanks for being with us, Susie. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. So um, speaking of, you know, the first song that had such a a profound impact on me, Thinking about humans getting along and living in kindness with each other actually mentions the word kindness in it. Is does it, it really? Yeah, I think I it does. We'll have to listen. I think it does, though. Fifth Dimension. I didn't know this was from the play Hair. But anyway, here it is. You listen to KX93.5.
This is bioenergy therapist Elizabeth Bell, and you are listening to the Vibration Raising Awakening Code Radio. Oh, that was me just screwing up on the buttons again, dropping both <laughs> faders when I wanted to hear one and not the other. That's the way we do things here at Awakening Code Radio when we run our own board. And it is a real board. Maybe some people are just thinking we're just on a couple little Mickey Mouse mics and doing something. It is a real FM radio station. We got a emergency broadcast system. We're going to do a whole thing in town about that because Laguna is very grateful to have an emergency broadcast system, they're going to go into schools and show kids that there's, you know, hand crank radios, FM, small little FM radios. I mean, that is the way should we lose everything because there's emergency generators here. So this station is going to work. So earthquake, tsunami, fire, anything like that, the whole grid can go down. This station will broadcast. And if you have an FM radio, a little small little radio, or a hand crank radio. like My the, dad always had those on hand. Yes. My dad was a survivalist and... He could, always could save us. your life. Yeah, yeah. Could save the mayor said this station could save many lives someday because we live right next to the ocean and we do know that tsunamis happened. A major fire happened here ten years ago or so. A little longer than that, burned. Do you know, 40 Eric? Homes or it, I'm gonna I'm gonna date it. Oh, okay. What was it? It happened while I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh, that's. And it probably happened this month. It happened in October because Nikki was born on November third, nineteen ninety three. Oh my god! She'll be twenty three. So it was twenty three years ago. Well, it this was month. devastating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it burned numerous, like forty. More than that. Homes. I thought I was going to have to evacuate all the way up in Elise. It was, it was uh, a bad day for Laguna, for sure. Anyway, we're talking about kindness. We're going to just wrap our heads around it in different ways. I'm going to bring this slider back up when I want to play another song. Um, and you, you know, we just kind of, the light prepping that we do for a show, I think all of our listeners know by now that we're not overly prepping a, a show. And I like that about it, that we just feel comfortable enough. We're going to have a guest on. I don't do tons of pre-interviewing and things like that. I, I'm confident enough that I'm interested enough. I'm confident in the person the wanting to be on the show that they can talk about what they want to talk about. And tonight the topic is kindness, how to shift your perception a little bit. If you're not kind of seeing that there's always opportunities to share an act of kindness, I'm going to suggest that you're maybe in your head a little too much and not not that you're pridefully in your head. You just think that there's so much going on in your life, putting out all the fires you have to put out, that there couldn't possibly be time for you to be of service to someone else. And rationally, you are probably correct. You can make a case. I got this. I got that. I'm always running here. I'm always. I'm already taking care of this many people. Yes, yes, yes. Let's acknowledge all those things and honor them and say, good job. You're doing that. But it is in the shifting of your perception of, How can I just, when I see, when I, because it means you have to take your blinders off. How do I see, how is my radar set to see just a random act of kindness? Did that happen to you today? You you said you had a a Subway story to share. uh, It happened yesterday. Uh And I just happened to be in line at Subway by my office. There was a lady right in front of me, about my age, mid-50s, I'm guessing. And it's an embarrassing moment. She was running a credit card and it didn't work. And she's like, oh, I know there's money. You know, a lot of things you say, I know there's money on this card. And let me try. And she's actually trying to get on the phone and see if she can access it because she has no other money. And I said, can I get you lunch today? I mean, just like nothing. It just mm-hmm. popped in my head. And she's like, what? I mean, what? You know, like blustered. <laughs> and then she just literally, she just cried and hugged me. 
And just because it was an embarrassing moment for her, it was no big deal to me. I mean, what six bucks or whatever it was. I mean, it, but it just it's it's way more than that little act. It's like affirming what we want to feel about humanity is that we've kind of are thinking of each other. It doesn't have to be a grandiose thing. It doesn't have to like our guest that we had on Susie doesn't have to be a huge budget um, depletion thing. <coughs> it's just you thinking differently of being of service. And it doesn't mean that you're going to further and deplete seizing yourself. the moment. That's what you did. You seized the moment because you saw an opportunity to and help. Those opportunities are always there. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm trust you. If, if you go out about, in a day, if you work someplace, if you're out going to, you know, just uh, getting to the drugstore or the lumberyard or something, there is going to be something that somebody needs a hand putting something in their car, something will show up and you'll just go, can I be of service? Here's the crazy thing. Often you will hear, oh, no, 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 I've got it. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy. I want to talk more about that in the second hour. The receiving of an act of kindness. To me, that's almost a bigger challenge for most people. Is, a lot of people are learning how to receive right now. Yes, receive graciously. They think they're being kind by denying an act of kindness and that it could not be further th- from the truth is that re- the reciprocation happens. You know how good it feels to give. And so do you want someone to just go, no, I, I know how good that feels, but I'm not going to let you feel it. We don't want to do that. We want to be in that that cycling of kindness that's the way things move i had so i did that once where i said no to someone and the woman was really firm with me and she said michelle let me ask you a question do you like to give do you do you do favors for people and you know are you constantly giving because that's what i've witnessed with you and i said yeah and she said how does it make you feel and i said well i feel great when i when i do something nice for someone and she said then why would you deny me the ability to feel great by helping you. And boy, did she put me in my yeah. place. I think my mouth, you know, kind of slacked open and it took me a minute. And, and I really had to look within myself to, to feel into why was it that I was not open to receive? You know, what piece of me felt like, you know, I couldn't let someone do a favor for me. Right. So that, that was a great lesson, a, a great opening. For sure. And while the song was playing, Aquarius, um, we had a caller call in, and she's been on hold. I'm going to go ahead and switch the button on. Caller, are you there? I am here. Yay. What's your name? My name is Deb. Hi, Deb. Thanks for calling Awakening Code Radio. We don't take tons of calls, usually because I'm just a little bit paranoid in my phone-taking ability that I'm going to screw something up or drop the call, and that happens. And so we're not one of the shows that takes tons of calls, but we appreciate you calling in. What would you like to talk about? You know what we're talking about, kindness. Is that correct? Of course. That's why I'm calling in. I want to thank you for um, bringing up that subject because it's so, so needed now. In, in these times, there's just so much hate getting put out there, and we need those little acts of kindness. You know, I, I love it. I, I have a bumper sticker I found because I love the Dalai Lama. And it's about compassion and kindness. And he says that, um, so my bumper sticker says, my religion is kindness. Yeah. And I think that says it a lot. You know, people can just simplify things and just focus on just acts of kindness. Um, you know, there'd be a whole much more peace in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, definitely. You, you had written in, Deb, and you said, there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Yeah. And and I really, I thought, wow, that stopped me for a minute. And I, I'd like you to expound upon that. Okay, I can do that. 
Um, it because uh, you know growing up, you know, because I had sort of a natural. I, I want people to be happy, and you know, I I love doing things for others, and it is a good feeling. Like Susie was talking about, it's it's amazing when we do, you know. Um, uh, acts of kindness for others that it really comes back tenfold, really. Um, but I found that I, it was more focused, uh, especially as a little girl, you know, that I, I learned, and a lot of people do this, that we, we, we try to be nice. But not, you know, sometimes it's more about us. You know, I want people to like me. I want people to praise me. So, oh, what, what a good person you are. That's different than just totally doing something out of out of unconditional, mm. um, you know, act. You know, like like those things. You know, that that woman just responded. You know, with, with you know, saw there was a need for an umbrella, or or like you, Eric. You you just you spontaneously. You know, when, when things are all. I mean, when there's a loving support around, people will naturally respond like that. I've done that too. I've. I've picked up, you know, giving someone some coffee, a, a cup of coffee, or, you know, just, you know, giving a hand with something. And, and it's funny how you know, some people look at me in surprise, like, what? You know, they're not used to others being um, truly kind. Yeah, we have you know? kind of built a society for ourselves where we feel hyper-connected in one way through social media and everything else, and yet we are becoming a little more shut in. Uh, it's almost like the standing in the elevator phenomenon that used to be only in the elevator. Everybody would get in, stand facing the doors, not acknowledge each other. And now that phenomenon is kind of happening just out in general public where we are standing in our own little cocoon, our own little personal space. And we're not thinking, we're almost feeling invasive, you know, or invaded when someone comes in and, oh, what are you doing person to person, you know, eye to eye and actually talking to me. Yet we're the same relational creatures that we have been for a million years. We have those needs to connect. We want to feel impactful. We want to be noticed. We want to be acknowledged. Um, and just small acts of kindness are a great way to do that, to acknowledge, I see you there. I see you have needs. I see there's something I can do to help. It doesn't have to see. I almost felt like I blew it telling my Subway story because, you know, I believe in doing those things anonymously and not for a pat on the back. Um, but just know that, you know, that's uh, my radar is now attuned where throughout a whole day, I do see opportunities to execute an act of kindness where it's no big deal. I mean, and, I, I and liked, it comes back to me all the time. Right. And I like Deb's point because that's that's what we did. We did touch upon it a little bit where some people do things because of lack of self-worth and they feel like they need approval or they need somebody to you know, say, wow, that was really nice. You did a good thing. Almost like patting a dog on the head, you know, but it, when you do it with anonymity and no need to be acknowledged and you just do it because it's the right thing to do. It's so simple, you know, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And the right thing is kindness. Well, that's the big shift that we talk about on this show that a big part of the paradigm is live your life inside out rather than outside in. So if you're needing that affirmation that you did a kind thing, um, you are still kind of in that place where most people are. I'm certainly in that place often of outside in. You're concerned about other people's opinions about you and, you know, why you are doing something for the acknowledgement or are you doing it inside out? That it is your vibration first. It's how you've chosen to live your life. And of course, it's just an extension when you do something like this. It, it, invo it invokes... Susie Lula's message of self-care, 
it's all caring about yourself. And then from there, you're very ready to act in service to others. And it doesn't, we don't want to make it sound like it has to be anything grandiose. I'm a big believer in the small, small things, many small things rather than the one big one making a big shift. So thank you, um, Deb, for calling in. We appreciate you calling and listening to our show. Oh, thank you. All right, Michelle, did you have anything else you want to say to Deb? Or Deb, I, I really thank you for calling in. The, the, the way that she got on the show tonight and found out we were doing the show tonight, Deb, did we meet you through Awakening Code Radio originally? I know that you had listened to the show that I did when Eric was at Burning Man, I think, and you heard our guest, Lisa Starr, the medicine woman who built Bonita Dome Homes out in Joshua Tree. And you showed up there this weekend at her place because you had heard her on the radio program. And I thought that was really cool. She she told me this morning that you were there this weekend. So how did oh, we yeah. originally meet? Well, actually, um, you know, it's been a whole community, a soul community. Um, and it started at the Eagle Kessel Condor uh, gathering right. um, in Sedona a, a few years ago. And it's just been remarkable how, you know, there's been like a weaving of meeting so many people from there at different locations across the country. It's just, it's even on the trails. It's just <laughs> like reading somebody. So, on, on, so on, you, in, in the, you back met. Back in the mountains. Yeah. And, then, and then your your boat trip, you know, the I water. See. You know, like, yeah, yeah, Jose. And, and the, I spent a lot of time with Jose and, and Uquala. And I'm going to be going to that event um, because I'm in the desert now, living in the desert. Um, I mean, it's just really phenomenal how all this is coming together. I'm so happy to hear that. I thought you originally met me from the show, but what you're saying is you met me at the Eagle Quetzal Condor event that was held in Sedona, and then from there you came on the dolphin boat and you met our Mayan daykeeper friend, Jose. I think you also met... Did you meet Bavado Rainbow Thunderheart at the Eagle Quetzal event? Oh, or? And that, I mean, there's not enough time, you know, all the magical happenings... I, I was um, got an RV site and I just sort of follow my instinct, my, my intuition where I go. And lo and behold, right opposite my RV site was, was you know, Bobado's. Oh wow! And he well, was sick, and I and I did some ceremony with him and his sister, and did some healings and more, more acts of kindness. Time. Well, that's the way it works. I yeah. mean, once you get the in the vortex, yes. Once you get in the vortex, energy in your life. Now, listener, I'm talking to you, kind of is that energy does kind of two things on a personal level and in your life service level. It spirals up or it spirals down. And you are the director of that spiraling energy. Things in motion want to stay in motion in the way that they're going. That's kind of like a Newtonian law of physics. Something in motion wants to stay in motion that way. So if you're in this spiral, in this vortex of you're on a path of self-discovery, on a path of service, on a path of awakening, that keeps happening. And Stuff that gets pulled into that is synchronicity and coincidence and people and all the like what Deb is talking about. It just keeps flowing. Conversely, if you're in this negative toilet bowl flush and you don't do something to turn around, it wants to keep going that way. And then you become that person that just says, how come life's going so well for this and that and these other people and I'm stuck here and, you know, this this mess. And it's you have you have the. You're the person who pulls the trigger on how that goes. You're the person at the wheel determining how that vortex is going to spin. So if it's not spinning the way you like, 
you have to t- stand back a little bit. You have to take some charge. You have to say, all right, the, this momentum stops now. Maybe you're not turning it around. Maybe you didn't spin it to where it's instantly positive, but you can stop the negativity. You can focus on things that are, are going right in your life. Um, uh, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden, she says, that's my trigger to think of what's going right in my life is when everything seems to be going wrong. That's her trigger. When every, all the wheels seem to be falling out, she goes, is there something right in this moment? And you can always find something right in this moment if it's just down to I'm still alive on this planet. And if I'm still alive and breathing, I must have you know a possibility of changing things. And that you've just stopped the ball from rolling downhill. Hold it for a minute and think, can I do something that spins the ball the next way? And maybe that next thing is an act of service. It or or laughing be. about it all. Yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. just go, wow. Change the energy. <laughs> I, I was all messed up about this. You can do that. Yeah. You can do that. Well, thanks very much, Deb, thanks, for calling Deb. in. We appreciate it. Can I just share one more thing? Because um, sure. it, was, it was just a met, um, one of the things, because I made a commitment you know, to live this life because I do uh, mindful meditation. And it's a practice in Buddhism called metta. Metta means loving kindness. And, and and it brings up you know your topic about kind, you know love and compassion for yourself. So you start you have prayers you know for well being and in peace and ease for yourself, and then you reach out to others that you love, and even you know reaching out to, you know to to um, those you don't like, <laughs> mm, <laughs> your sure. enemies and the world, and all you know may all beings be happy, healthy. And so on. Exactly. So anyway, that, that's one one method if, if people want to, you know, try that to help, you know, sh- make that shift. For I sure. Well, we're going to go over that. 12 steps. We have our own little 12-step program that we're going to be talking about in the second hour. We're going to shift, play a song right now from Ecstatic Union. And we will be right back at the turn of the next hour with 12 things you can do to live a life more in service. 12 kinds of kindness. 12 kinds of kindness. All right. Thanks Thanks, for listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5. This is Admin Colleen, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio with host Eric Rankin. Where the heck did that go? <laughs> How did that shift? Four years. And Seriously. I swear to God, I did not do that. I hope all of you are getting a giggle out of I, this, but listen to this song. It's great. It is a great song. That was weird. <laughs> I did not do that. I swear to God. I'm going on record. I didn't do it. <laughs> That is not my fault. <laughs> There's a glitch in the system. It's at the same point. It. it just rolled over into admin Colleen giving us a little thing. Wow. I guess we're not going to have a song and we can go straight into 12 kinds of kindness. Are you going to try to do it again? Strike three. Um, that is really weird. You know, I'm looking at it right now and I see I pulled this off the station computer. Mm-hmm. So this is logged into the station computer. This is one of our favorite bands, Ecstatic Union. And it says on playtime, which makes no sense, 20 seconds, 20.9 seconds. So there is something wrong in the station's version of this song. Has nothing to do with me. Do you really want to play it? Because you can plug in my iPhone right now, and I have it right here on this Dolphin Boat playlist, Gardener of the Universe. Was that what that song is? That wasn't Gardener of the Universe, was it? There it is. It was Gardener of the Universe. Ecstatic Union is a local band. Um... They were uh, 
the lead singer was raised on Catalina Island and lived in Laguna Beach and is recording their second album, I think. You want to restart it there? Yeah, I need or, you to restart it. You have to just push it right there. No, see it? No, I can't see it. I'm blind as a bat without reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, Welcome to live radio, everybody. But that was not my fault. I just want to go have that on record. Oh, there it is. All right. We'll just jump in with it. It is. I know. We're on the air. I don't care. Blessed be a flying free with the mother and the father. Laguna Beach. Member supported KX93.5. Oh my gosh. What the heck? I, I want to ask you a question. I want to cuss so Did bad. Did you have any beers? <laughs> no. <laughs> was there any shots of tequila I involved to read the in your day? Absolutely no cussing. That was, that was like the worst it's been <laughs> in years. Here we are celebrating, you know, four years on the air. And that was about the most amateurish three minutes there could be. And I just want to go on record. That was really not my fault. And then as it shifted over to the next hour, I wanted to grab Colleen's, um, admin Colleen's little bumper, at, reminding us how we can listen to Awakening Code Radio and social media and Twitter and all that stuff. And every time I did it, it dropped into some other screen. Oh. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm turning my mic off and going to cuss. <laughs> do not do that. I had to. Oh, I'm, I'm just finding this so... It's fun. It's, it's fun fine. to be able to laugh at yourself. I'm laughing. And... My God. Yeah. It well, just, you know, you just think, gosh, we're trying to do the best that we can. We we put a lot of effort. We get here a half an hour early. We load the songs in. We think about what songs we want to play. All these disclaimers and things that we know we have to play. Running the board here with all its sliders and levels and buttons and blah, 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 blah. And 
four years later and still challenged by it. <laughs> oh my. And you laughing the whole way. I was laughing. Anyway. I was laughing so hard I had to, I had to hold my side. Ah, it's a beautiful <laughs> night here at Awakening Code Radio. We're looking at the moon. You did something for the full moon. I went out to Joshua Tree to Garth's Boulder Gardens oh, right. to the event called Portal to the New Earth. And it was magnificent. Oh, my gosh. We, there was just uh, a lot of sound healing. And running into our, our guest that we had on, I think it was only a couple weeks ago, Torquem G, that plays the 432 yes. synth- synthesizer that he created, I think. He was one of the um, featured sound healers, and oh, it was absolutely amazing. And seeing the moon, it the moon felt like it was close enough to touch. It looked like a big, giant Super Bowl out there. Yeah, and it's still beautiful. I mean, we get to see it rise right here, you know, above the hill that just came up, and it's, you know, still three-quarters, seven-eighths full. It's beautiful. So tonight, we're moving into our second hour, talking about kindness. And you pulled up a great website where we can just, I think we can just build the rest of the show around 12 proactive things you can do to fall into being in a a state of where you're ready to go out there and commit at random acts of kindness. Well, one of the, the website is called 12, 12kindsofkindness.com. And what it was is a 12 step experiment designed to open our hearts, eyes, and mind. So what they did was an experiment. It looks like they did it mainly in New York and we can start with number one, and you know you can give your debriefing on on how you feel about this. But number one is, can I help you? <clears throat> so they write, can we gain any empathy or perspective by talking to strangers with different situations? So what they did is they asked New Yorkers one very simple question: How can we help you? And that that was just one way to be kind to people is just to say, how can I help you? Well, it's, it's shifting your perception where you're ready to be of help. That's the big thing before you even get to the asking the question, how can I help you, is being ready to ask that question yourself. I know it, a lot of us have to jump over some hurdles of shyness before we can offer help. Absolutely. And, you know, there's also a thing about the authentic expression of how can I help you. Now you can't you go into a bank and you're almost accosted. Somebody or a CVS, I went to a CVS pharmacy, True Value Lumber Yard, and people just out of nowhere yelling at you because it's their job now. Hello, welcome, how can I help you? Like, whoa, hang on, where I don't even see you. So we want to be talked about genuine, you know, how can I, can I help you? You know, you don't have to throw yourself at somebody. You don't have to rape them with an act of kindness. It's seeing that there is a need out there. In- when, you, when you were talking about that earlier, it reminded me of one of those memories that just get, gets imprinted on your, your heart and your mind from when I was a child. We went to the ocean, and we lived in Anaheim when I was growing up, and my, my parents used to bring us to the beach every, every so often. And while we were at the beach, my father saw that there was somebody in a wheelchair that was on the sidewalk there were you know that couldn't go on the sand to get closer to the ocean and i remember being a little girl and watching my dad who's normally very very shy he used to stutter and he was really shy and for him to come out and say can i help you i you know would you like help i can carry you to the ocean he became my hero i was like a daddy's little girl and that was a moment that will forever be in my memory bank because of how I saw my dad step out of his own shyness to say, 
can I help you? Can I carry you to the ocean? And the people said yes. And my dad got to be of service in that way. And I saw a beautiful act of kindness. Um, somebody, it looked like a homeless person fall, um, po- quite possibly drunk or on drugs, you know. And we jump to certain conclusions and we want to pretend like we don't see. Oh, there's a great Phil Collins song. I wonder, I'm, now I'm scared to try and load anything in here. Um, <laughs> you know, Another Day in Paradise, where life's good for us, but we want to kind of deflect our vision and pretend we don't see these people in need. That's the exact opposite of what we're talking about That's tonight. number two. On, the, on, this, on this 12 Kinds of Kindness, number two is open your eyes. And they talk about bystander apathy as a phenomenon. We, we hung missing people signs all over New York. This is their experiment. They hung missing people signs all over New York City and sat next to them for an entire day. Did anyone notice is their question because a lot of people probably didn't even notice. And he said, what if, what if we did the same thing with a dog? You know, a lot of times people will notice a missing dog sign. But I think that's a good thing to, you know, to be aware of and be mindful of. Open your eyes. Don't be a, don't, don't be a bystander that just doesn't pay attention when somebody is in need. Yeah, I'm actually looking for that song because it would be a perfect one to uh, play. But it was, you know, every once in a while, a consciousness song will come into mainstream media. Um, and Phil Collins, that was back in the 80s, I think it was, but Another Day in Paradise. So I will look for that. You know, we're not having a super day here on the computer. <laughs> but that is a big shift is we get embarrassed by someone else's misfortune. Yeah. And we don't want to go help the homeless guy stand up when he fell down. It looks like he might have even hurt himself. There's a video, really a horrific video of, um, I don't even want to mention it, but a really violent act in Asia or India or something like that. And the guy is stabbing his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. people are literally walking by. It looks like at a mall. And they're skirting around as he is stabbing her to death. She dies. Wow. I mean, just, you you can't believe, one, that you're seeing someone committing an act of murder on screen. You know, it's a security camera. What really sickens you is there's numerous people walking by. And either they're afraid of the guy with the knife, but they're not doing anything. They're not. They're not yelling. They're, they're not, not yelling. calling for police. No, they're, they're just kind of skirting around and walking by. Mm. So that's the complete other, you know, version of seeing someone in need. What what has to shift in your life to not only see the need, but think I can I can answer that. I can provide something to that need. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big shift. Number three is switch it up. There are always people who bother us in situations we try to avoid due to our selfishness. What if we had to do their job? Could we be kinder to them in the future? I know you probably have a situation, Eric, where you notice somebody doing their job and somebody getting really ruffled by them not, you know, not doing it correctly. I know I've seen people in the grocery store where the, the, uh, Cash, the cashier is ringing somebody up and there's somebody standing in line getting upset because they couldn't find the, the barcode or the number for, you know, on the fruit or something. And all I could, I, I really have experienced this where I look and think, well, what if it was you behind the cash register? You know, like be a little kinder to the person. She's doing her best to look for the, the code for the peaches yeah. or something, and you're getting all undone because, you know, you got to rush out of the door. So Somebody told me that a long time ago. This is way before I would say kind of on my – I'm on the path that I am right now on my personal path of awakening. And it was an elderly woman telling me this, and she goes, I always 
assume everyone is doing the best they can. That's a great that attitude. Was, that was yeah. a huge shifter for me because I could be that person sort of judging either their driving, their anger, their anything, whatever it was that I was seeing in my filter, like you a-hole, why would you do this? Why are you incompetent? Why, 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 why? And this woman just said, I just always assume that that person is doing the best they can in the moment. And at first I, I would just go, well, that's just ignorant because they probably aren't, but it shifts your perception. It doesn't have anything to do. And your perception is the only one you can shift. You're not going to change the external circumstance of that person doing a better job with the barcodes on the peaches. You're not going to fix that. What you can change is your perception, is your patience, is That's your right. allowance. And then ultimately that, that beautiful statement and assumption, they're just doing the best they can in the moment. And that is probably closer to the truth. Just like you, Eric, running the switchboard oh. and doing the best you can Whoa. in the moment. <laughs> it is. You know, I want to think that it's true. And I, and I still. And, then, and that brings us to the next one, Eric. I think it's funny how this. these are all segues into they, the next one. Step four is. Don't beat yourself up. Okay. I'm we all beat it. ourselves up for the way we've handled things in the past. We tried to forgive ourselves for these experiences by opening up about them. So this, that's a perfect one right now because you're sitting here beating yourself up for not, not running the board correctly or something like that. And our audience is probably laughing with you right now. Let's I hope. know I am. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm laughing with you, not at you. No, and I, I'm, and I make it sound like I'm angry. I am not. I just... It amazes me that I could be doing something four years later and still be, you know, act like I don't even know what I'm doing. It's that blows stuff my mind. happens. Stuff happens, yeah. and it is me and technology. Here's a little thing that I think I'm probably perpetuating in this. My parents are technophobes. They really hate Mine technology. They my want mom to, is. Anyway. I got them iPhone sixes a couple of years ago. They want to turn them back in and go back to a flip phone. Oh. Just to push a button and make a call. That's all they want to do. And I'm thinking, gosh, Dad, you've got GPS. Take me home if you're lost driving around, whatever. And he's like, I don't want that. And But lo and behold, their phones don't work very well. <laughs> I, he says, how come my phone is doing this? And I'm like, oh, let me look at that. And I'm like, gosh, darn it, you're right. Your phone is doing something weird. I think we, you know, with me feeding it, going, here I am four years later. I'm not very good at the buttons. I'm just there. It's not going to work with me. The computer, the gremlins in the computer are like, you're right. It's the universe affirming you are correct. Yes. You, you this say is how, you, this is how energy works. Yeah. You say you have a problem with this. You wouldn't think so. But your projection of saying you have a problem with technology, it, you're right. The universe loves you so much. You're going to have a problem with technology. And that seems to be from here on. I'm the master of this board and computer. I, I think language is so important when we're, what, what you speak is, is really telling the universe what you're expecting. So to, we can, watch our, we can watch, watch our language. I know I catch myself a lot saying cancel, delete. <laughs> cancel, delete. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> well, while it's still fresh in our mind, I'm going to bring it up slowly. There it is. Phil Collins. See, I actually did it. Technology is my friend. There you go. Singing Another Day in Paradise. Listen to the words of this because it really is everything we're talking about tonight is be aware, be awake to what's going on around you. Think of how you can be of service. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio.
This is Harlan Emil Gruber, and I build sacred technology using sacred geometry called Portal. It's been a pleasure to be here on Awakening Code Radio. Thanks, Harlan. I played him because you were just at Harlan's event, the Portal to a New Earth out in Joshua Tree. Beautiful grounds. Um, I think it's awesome that he puts on this gorgeous festival, high vibrational food, great this was, entertainers. This was the fourth one he's yeah. done. Along with his, Madeline, she, she's a, a great promoter, and I know she organized a lot of it as well, and I like to give her credit as well, because everybody kept thanking Harlan, but I know Madeline did a lot, of, a lot of work for it too. You know, I learned a lot about permaculture while I was there. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Garth, the owner of Boulder Gardens. It's a huge piece of property. A lot of people 
drive in and just think that it's this small little area where the festival is. And that's not even that small. It's about 640 acres. It's I a think. square mile. Yeah. It's a mile by mile square. Yeah. But think about how much it's land big. that is to own privately. It's crazy. that, And it is beautiful. I mean, the places that we get to see are is absolutely beautiful. So I would recommend if there's an, another portal to a new earth event out there in Boulder Gardens, or you can Google uh, Boulder Gardens and drive out there and visit Garth and see what he's done out there over the course of 30-something years, like 35 years. It's absolutely a stunning place. It is. And here's a thing I learned that, that fits with kindness. Um, I don't even know if I told you this yet, but when they were giving the talk about permaculture, I wish I could remember the guy's name that was talking about it. He was such a, a sweet, sweet young man. Um, he told us about a search engine site that every time you use it, instead of using Google, you would use Ecosia. It's spelled E-C-O-S-I-A. If you just if you just find Ecosia, I think it's .com, um, you can set it to be your homepage so that it's your search engine. And every time you search, they plant a tree. Hmm. So there you have it. Over 5 million trees have been planted by people searching with this search engine really? called Ecosia. Hmm. Yeah, I made it my, my go-to. That sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah. Kind of. That's awesome. Well, we're making our way through 12 acts that we can do to kind of open us up to be in a framework of kindness, to get our mental state when we get up out of bed, that it's not about us all the time because that we just put a lot of extra weight on us, thinking of all the things that we have to do, leading very busy lives, especially, I mean, I can only talk about the American dream, chasing the American dream, where it's just so much work. Other countries look at us and like, really, you work, you know, 50 hour work weeks and you have this weekend and you only have maybe 10 days off on vacation and we're just chasing our tails the rats in the race kind of thing and how in the world are we sh- can we shift our perception of i've got to take care of this and the kids and the spouse and the car and the house and the blah 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 how can i possibly think of being of service on top of that to other people and yet that's where life begins to be something else magical it, that's where life mm-hmm. begins to be magical you don't do it to add another burden to yourself, you do it to actually lighten yourself. So we're in step step five. Step well, five. it's yeah. Step five is forgive and forget, which I think is one of the keys to freedom. Is when we forgive, and what they write here is: we face someone who hurt us in the past. Can we let go of the pain or misunderstanding we have towards them? Can we gain any compassion or empathy by confronting them? What what a what a great way to be kind, to be able to forgive someone who has hurt you in some way, and to be able to look at it and turn it into a positive. And I think in my life, uh, the forgiveness, because uh, we've had people on the show like Reverend Danielle from uh, Temple of Light, mm-hmm. an, an awesome co-host every once in a while, and she said, you know, past forgiveness is the actual letting go. Sometimes the forgiveness becomes a bit of a power play as well. It's like, well... I see we're in this place, and the only way we're going to get move it is through it is uh, if one of us forgives each other, I can see it's not going to happen from you, so I'll be the better person and forgive you. And it, 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 you're elevating yourself kind of as the person like I do this, where she said there's just the letting go. And they do mention this, which I'm happy in step five is forgiving and letting go. It is the just the neutralizing it, just letting it drift back into the universe of maybe there isn't a fix. Maybe there isn't, the if you forgive, then the other person going, well, I accept your forgiveness and feeling lower than that, of just 
let's just let this go. You know, mm-hmm. we're probably not going to come up with an answer here that we're both satisfied with. But I love you so much. Um, I want to be friends with you. Whatever it is, let's just let this one dissipate back out into the field from whence it came. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you had an intention of hurting me. I didn't have an intention of hurting you. It happened. It snowballed. It did all these things. Other people got brought into it, hurt, blah, blah, blah. blah. Let's just let it be. Let's just let it go. And I, I love that they mentioned that. So on number six. Number six is face yourself. Everyone has their own kinds of fears and insecurities, and we often hide behind them by judging others. They took a major uh, personal insecurity of theirs and faced it head on. That's what they're talking about in this. Um, wow. I think that's that's another good one because... If we stay stuck in judgment, we're just keeping the vibration low when we're judging others. And I think it's really important that we can step out of judgment, move into observation with no charge to it. And then you bring, that brings you back to kindness and compassion, right? The higher vibration and getting rid of those by just facing ourselves and, and really seeing where our own fears and insecurities come from. That was another uh, thing that Reverend Danielle just happened to mention. We talked about her a couple minutes ago. She had a, a saying, non-judgmental discernment, and that has stuck with me. Because it's very easy. I still hear myself when I slip into judgment. I mean, at, but I, at least I hear it. I catch myself. I'm like, why am I, why am I still in a place where something will trigger me? And it's not that somebody was trying to hurt me. Something will trigger me. Right. The actions of somebody else that has nothing to do with me. It's not directed at me. It's not unkind towards others. Any of those things. And yet, I will get in this place and judge it and go, who do they think they are? What are the blah, blah, blah. What difference does it make to me? I, I don't know. But there are a few. My friends know some of the things that trigger me. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the people that can still trigger me. Some of them I keep in my field because if I'm still being triggered, I know that's the reminder how much more there is to my path. I think of the Dalai Lama these days. It's a guy that just doesn't get triggered. He would say, and what does that have to do with me? What does them doing that have to do with me? Let them live their lives and I'll live mine kind of thing. So I don't know. That's a, that has actually been how you move out of judgment and even to the point of observation, sometimes that's a very slippery slope. It's like, I'm, I'm just observing. Well, you're observing a lot. You if know? you're observing it with a charge, yes. that's judgment. Yeah, observing with a charge of your personal filter, mm-hmm. then it becomes judgment. And I really, that is um, something that I still work with and am working through. And I just want to... And going that. back to kindness. And going back to kindness. <laughs> you can you can go back to kindness when you're when you're judging, right? Um, I and I like that we talked about the Dalai Lama's quote. My religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. But the longer version of that, he says, "This is my simple religion. No need for temples. No need for complicated philosophy. Your own mind, your own heart is the temple. Your philosophy is simple kindness." And I do I do love that. We can, we can go back to that and step out of that judgment phase by going back to kind, kindness. And that's what brings us to number seven, kill them with kindness. <laughs> they say the ultimate act of compassion is to learn to love your enemies. And you know, that reminds me of when my daughter was in about kindergarten or first grade and she came home crying and saying the kids at school were being mean to her. And 
she was just so sad about it. And what I was seeing was she wanted to be mean back because that's our natural state is to give the energy back that you're receiving. And I said, you know what, honey, there's this thing called killing them with kindness. And I said, what it means is the kinder you are to someone, the harder it is for them to be mean to you. So when when you want to cry because they're mean, being mean to you or when you want to hit back or be mean back, why don't you try something and be really, really nice? Offer them something, you know, if they want to play with a toy that you were playing with, why don't you give them the toy and just say, why don't you play with this? It seems like you want to, you want to play with it and you give it to them chances are they're going to be nicer to you. And she came home and said, wow, mommy, it really works. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that that idea, one, be kind to your enemies or whatever you said, kill them with kindness and mm-hmm. be kind to your enemies. Really what that's saying is be kind to everyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the everyone will be under the umbrella that they're nice people. Other times the everyone will include people that are being mean. And it's funny, there's a sculpture here in town, I, I don't know if you've seen it, where there's there are these three large humans sitting in a circle staring at an obelisk. It's over by the police station. I have not seen that. And, and there's a wheel on the ground that has like a dozen words on it. Like they're contemplating, they're staring at this black obelisk, and you can sit on this circular bench with them. It's actually kind of a powerful experience. And you can sit, there's like a guy that looks like a Hawaiian swimmer in trunks and a woman in a bathing suit, and they're staring at this obelisk. But these words down at the bottom, and there's health and happiness. I think there's even wealth. Um, all these different words, high vibrational words, and there's justice. And I'm like, uh, like justice. I don't go, that's kind of an interesting word to have in here because justice is more us, our overlay of what we think right and wrong is. And justice is an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. I have a hard time with the word justice or tolerance. Yeah, well, justice, let's let's stick on that mm-hmm. for a second. So ju- justice would mean the logical, looks good on paper, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But someone like Jesus came along, and he's not the only guy. These spiritual masters, Buddha and, and Gandhi and all these different people said, listen, it's not that. If And Jesus said it in the way, if it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, eventually the whole world's toothless and blind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just keep equal, uh, retribution is equal to the crime. He's saying the answer is love, kindness, for compassion, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's always the right answer. And don't get too hung up on yourself. If you're kind to people that are kind to you, anybody can do that. That's no great shakes that mm-hmm. you're loving a person who is loving you. How you really get challenged to know that you're a loving person is when unkind or your enemy comes into your field. Then what do you do? If you just act judiciously, well, you're an a-hole and I'm going to make you feel it. You wronged me, so I'm going to wrong you and you deserve it. You committed this crime and now we're going to do this, put you to death because you deserve it. Or do you do what our spiritual master said? And No, the right answer stays the right answer. Kindness, love, compassion, all those things, those are the right answers. Fall back on those. You're not going to go wrong if you can do that. It's very challenging. It's not that it's easy. It's probably the hardest thing in the world to do, but it is the right answer. So there you go. I like that. Okay. Okay. Move on. Uh, what are we on? Number eight. Walk, Number eight. walk a mile in their shoes. Is that where I, we were on? I think so. Yeah. Walk a mile in their shoes. It's easy to judge lifestyle decisions that we don't like or that we don't understand. We participate in the lifestyles of others as a way to learn more about them and their decisions. Yeah. And that's 
a kind of a no-brainer. It's all of these sound very logical, mm-hmm. but it's the execution of them. And when you think, I, I wanted to bring this up about forgiveness. It's almost you can make a ridiculous statement of someone because we don't understand that it's we're judging when we forgive. Often, we're we're judging. So let's say someone you don't like someone because they have red hair. You don't like you don't have red hair, and you see someone with red hair, and you go, "I don't like red hair," and I don't like you. That sounds ridiculous. It does. It sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. and yet. When we're challenged to forgive, it's for the same reason. They're not us. We're really saying, you're not me. You're not doing what I would do in this situation. So you don't deserve my forgiveness. So you're stuck on your own point of view? Yes. You're Mm -hmm. stuck from your perspective. Listener, at least acknowledge that. that When you stand, you know, firm on your righteousness, that you are just stuck in your perspective. Mm -hmm. You are not allowing, and bring it back to the ridiculous thing, that person has no control of their red hair. That's their life story. They probably don't have control over the thing that they did. They weren't out to hurt somebody. They probably wasn't their motivation to piss you off. You just happened to get pissed off. And now you're going, well, that's not what I would do. So I'm mad at you. And you don't deserve my forgiveness because X, Y, Z, it was this bad of an infraction. We're being invited to grow. When we act in kindness, I think that's really an invitation to grow ourselves. That's what really happens. I so agree. That's how it becomes something really positive is that you're not depleting yourself. You're growing yourself when you can commit an act of kindness. I agree. Okay. Okay. And the next one is go big or go home. Why do we always seem to neglect the people who we are closest to? We picked one special person in our lives who we constantly neglect and did something nice for them. Can you think of somebody in your life that you you neglect and you didn't do and, and you could find a reason to do something nice for them? I can think of numerous people that I could be have done more nice things towards. Yeah. For I, sure. I feel the same. That's a good one for that's a good one for me because sometimes we take people for granted. I think that's what it's saying. So what are we going to do? Go buy go buy somebody a movie ticket or well, buy him a flower or my, give in, him a hug. Give him an extra hug and say, I appreciate you. Susie was talking about that last week. Our other Susie, Lula, mm-hmm. was talking about how you can really seize an opportunity, seize a moment to say what you appreciate about someone. Yeah, and in my case, um, it's probably just too long of a lack of communication that has gone by. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine they're feeling neglected and I'm feeling that. And yet I haven't done it yet. So, I mean, I'm, we've done this show for four years, and I'm certainly not standing on my soapbox saying I'm perfect and I figured it out. I wanted to do the show because I'm working through a lot of stuff myself. Yeah. You know, my eye is on the prize. I do want to feel like I'm moving into becoming a better human being, compassionate and kind myself. But the more I'm on the path, the more I realize wow, I, how much further I have to go, you know, but I'm encouraged by that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a never unfolding path. And no matter where you are on it, if you're moving in the right direction, even if it's just one step, celebrate that. Acknowledge that you're on the right path. We're going to go. I have two song choices because of all of our computer issues. I have two songs lined up. Would you rather hear a cover of In My Life by the Beatles or the actual Rolling Stones sing You Can't Always Get What You Want? Which one do you think I would rather hear? Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. Probably in my life. Is it not it? No, no. I, I would. I would always See? pick the Rolling Stones. Oh, well, and, you know, we'll just celebrate that they were out at Desert Trip. We had this huge two week concert in the desert where the Coachella grounds are 75,000 people there. And it was really a historic event that Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, the Who, who else? Um, Neil Young. Pink Floyd, I mean, we're all there. And of Bob all, Dylan there? Bob too? Dylan as well. Those were major headliners. And of all things, you and I both heard, last Friday night, there's a little, it's not a dive bar, but it's a little bar. It is a dive bar. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't call it a dive bar, but Pappy and Harriet's is near the Integratron, out near Joshua Tree. In Pioneer Town. Pioneer Town, a little restaurant that can hold 300 people or so. But they get, and a lot of people, a lot of indie rock artists now talk about Pine, uh, Pappy and Harriet's is, an inspirational place to play. It's become a little bit of a, a, a kind of a, how would you describe it? It's a fixture for, it's on the path. It's when, on the, yeah. yeah, it's on people's radar. Yeah, now. it's their rotation. Anyway, Paul McCartney that. said, I want to play some little place instead of in front of 75,000 people. Find me a little place to play. And he played Pappy and Harriet's. Paul McCartney last Friday night. For 50 bucks. For 50 bucks <laughs> cash. So there was no scalping of tickets or anything like that. And 300 people got to go in Pappy and Harriet's and watch Paul McCartney play. Unbelievable. Anyway, Amazing. That's, that's great. We'll, we'll do our own. It's, oh, here it is. Look, the computer is behaving because I believed it was going to. See how it works? Mm-hmm. It's all, The computer is my friend. I hear this song a lot when I go on spiritual journeys, right? Because well, you don't always get what you want. You get what, get you, what need. you need. <laughs> this, is a, this is the message for the ages for yep. sure. Um, you're listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX935. Thanks for joining us. We don't, we're gonna blow a bit 
This is Melissa Wallace with Universal Core Wellness Center in Laguna Beach. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Talk music to raise your vibration. Yay, Melissa Wallace. I think I pulled her because one of our very first podcast shows is with her um, in the library. We didn't have the podcast recorder even in the studio the first few weeks of Are KX you really going to eat that corn well, nut on the air? <laughs> so I've been eating corn nuts on the, uh, <laughs> during our musical breaks. And they're loud in your head when you eat a corn nut. So I was curious. Do not eat that on the air, Eric. I I think I have to. I have to hear through my headphones what eating a corn nut sounds like. No. No. Yeah. No. Does it sound loud? Okay, I'm being really <laughs> kind and gentle right now. Okay, I can I can accept that. I think you could break a tooth on a corn nut. Yeah, I think you could. Anyway, so good. All right, we're finishing our show on kindness. And I like this last half hour that we're kind of, I always like doing a little proactive thing, right? And just talk about something to give some helpful tin, hints and tips. And we're doing that. We've gone through nine out of 12. What is this website called again? 12kindsofkindness.com. 12kindsofkindness.com. Is that one, two or the spell? One, out? two. One, two, mm-hmm. kindsofkindness.com. And you just happened, you know, when we were talking about doing the show about kindness, you started doing some searches and maybe went back into your own Facebook posts or something, and one of your posts came up. One of my posts came up um, from April 8th, and it, I posted a picture that said, be kind to everything that lives. And what I wrote about it seemed to be a perfect fit. I wrote... When we come into union with all that is, we awaken to the knowing that we are connected to every living thing. 
We have the opportunity to transmit love and transmute anything less than love. Kindness makes so much sense in the grand picture, don't you think? I think. Yeah. So there you go. You were, well, you know, what the heck was that playing? <laughs> I'm not going to touch the board. Be kind to me, board. I said nice things about you, so be kind back. Um, all right. Well, that was beautiful. And, you. you know, we think about kindness a lot. I mean, when it boils down to um, shifting out of your self-possessed w- approach to life, and I'm not judging that. I'm just saying many people live that way because we're kind of conditioned to live that way. Life is busy, and we got to just stay on task or it'll fall apart. And it's the letting go of that idea and thinking of how you can be of service and committing acts of kindness that is going to open you up into a greater dimension of yourself. It's not going to feel alien and weird. It's not going to feel like an extra burden. You're not going to feel like you're being inauthentic. You're not going to feel more challenged. You're going to open up. You are going to tap into a deeper resource that you might call God or source, but the universe loves itself. Life wants to live, and the universe gets along with itself quite well. And the more you can be an agent of kindness and promote life and someone else um, flourishing, like Cora Flora would say, you're being more kind to yourself. That's the reciprocation of it. So let's get to our final three. Before we do our final three, I just got a quote from Colleen, our admin. And she's piping up. Thank you so much, Colleen. I love when you text me. She wrote, my favorite kindness quote, three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. That was a Henry James quote. There you go. Thank Thank you, you, Colleen. Colleen. I don't know that we had the time. Actually, I had her social media bumper to play that we lost. So that was going to be my introduction to always say something about Colleen because I know I wouldn't, in the history of this show, I know I would not be doing this four years later if it weren't for Colleen's efforts. And it started with her act of kindness, reaching out to you way back four years ago. Or three and a half or so. Didn't she send you a a A t-shirt? Just a random act of kindness. It was truly a Mm -hmm. random act of kindness. She was enjoying the show. And she's an amazing graphic artist. She has such a great eye for... I, I. It's amazing to me. It feels like she's in my head because I will just say, how about something that has a little bit of this or of something like that and this kind of thing? And she just makes it and it's beautiful. She's a phenomenal artist. And she's very intuitive. Yes. And certainly with me, she is. So I seriously, all the stuff that I don't like doing, the legwork of putting up the graphics and staying up on the page and... All these things she just does, uh, and just like we do, all voluntarily. Um, thank you so much, Colleen. And, the, you know, this anniversary is all the more special because you're part of it with us. We wouldn't yeah. be having this anniversary if it weren't for your efforts. So thank you. I'm glad that she piped in with her favorite kindness quote. So let's get through a real quick. We have about five minutes to get through our final three. We can do that. We can do it. Number 10 is pay it forward. Which we Pay kind of forward. talked about. Yeah. We left wallets all over New York City with money and a note asking that the recipient do one kind thing with it. We also perform random, random acts of kindness on the streets. I love that. I, have you ever been there on the receiving end of a, a pay it forward gift? Yes. And it's one of the first ones that I felt triggered to decline. You know, I think, really? I, I, think I was in something like a 99 cent store uh-huh. where half the people there are very, you know, budget conscious. 
And a woman offered to buy my stuff, which I have done for other people over years. Not all the time, but I have done it. Um, and she offered to do that for me. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't need that help. I'm, what do you think? Do I look poor? You know, all these things. And I had to stop myself right then, only because I had made a pact with myself. Someone offers you an act of kindness, receive it graciously. I still have to remind myself of that. And I was ready to say, oh, no, you don't have to do that. I'm, thank you. I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I said, thank you very much. And I really appreciate that. And it was so kind of you. That is I, that's great. And Eric, you do another thing that you, I think you've talked about it a couple of times, but one of the things that um, I was on the receiving end of your random act of kindness was when I noticed you had a really cool bracelet on. It was in one of my favorite colors, oceany looking blue aqua, and it had a peace sign on it. And I said, wow, that's really cool. And you took it right off your wrist and you gave it to me. And that has been your trademark, you do that. Uh, you wear these bracelets all around Laguna, and anytime anyone comments on it, you you, you give them a bracelet. So yeah, I make them to give, and yeah. that, I learned that from Burning Man. That's not mm-hmm. a big deal. It's so automatic now; I don't even really think about it. And I don't offer them. I'm not working an agenda like, "Hey, I, I want you to know what a nice guy I am, and I'm going to offer you a bracelet." Somebody has to actually instigate the kindness and say something. Ooh. You know, anybody can offer a compliment of any kind mm-hmm. is in a different frame of mind. Right. So even if they just say, oh, I like your bracelets, they're looking for something to compliment you on. And that just happened to be the vehicle. And then I say something like, you know what I do with these bracelets? I give them to nice people who give compliments. And they're like, all of a sudden, they're like, well, wait, what? what? And just like, pick one. I usually have three or four on my wrist. Mm-hmm. Pick one. And it's always a beautiful exchange. You know, it's just, it's a wonderful thing that I have done. But I learned that from Burning Man of being uh, ready to gift. And that's a pay-it-forward kind of thing. For sure. Step 11 is wear a smile. And it says, for eight hours straight, we walked around New York City and smiled at every person we came across. Could we make them smile? Could we bring a moment of happiness to their life? to their life. And I, that's, that's a favorite. I love to be able to smile at people and see what it does for people. Cause it, that's a little simple thing that costs no money. Susie could put that right there in her book that all it takes is a smile and you could change a person's day by smiling at them. There, I just, uh, was on my way to get, um, I think I was on my way to Taco Loco recently or something like that. And there was a woman walking up, just walking up the, the path by herself. She wasn't listening to headphones. She wasn't on the phone. She was just smiling to herself. You, you, and it doesn't sound like much, but you don't see it very often. That it's like someone is just happy in their own skin at the moment. She mm-hmm. was happy about life and she could not contain the uh, smiling. And it was just, I almost just wanted to stop and go, I, I want to know someone that smiles like you're smiling right now because it just made me feel good. It made me wonder what you're smiling about. Are you always like this? It made me realize how infrequently we see someone smile just not just by themselves. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be alive. Happy That's what she looked like. Uh-huh. Just I'm happy to be alive. She could have had something going on. <laughs> she could have she had something just tickling been, her somewhere. <laughs> you didn't know anything could've about it. Totally high. <laughs> Don't ruin the moment. All right, last one. Dive deep is number 12. It says, for this last step, we're going to dive deep into what we've learned and try to do something much larger than ourselves. So they're opening that platform to start a dialogue. Yeah, um, the dive deep is awesome, but I am a big proponent of sticking your toe in the shallow end. 
um, because for some people, they think that they have to dive deep right away. It's like they've got it's got to be a grandiose um, presentation on their part. It's got to be a huge shift that they're going to feel right away or they're not going to keep doing it. It is not that. Test the waters. Do some small do something slightly different than how you normally would. If you would ordinarily completely ignore someone with a sign that says, um, please help, you know, and they're obviously asking for money or something like that. And you go from, I never give people money because I just know that they're going to use it for drugs, blah, 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 to maybe you don't give them money, but maybe you stop yourself from your thought process and maybe just smile at them. Maybe acknowledge that you see them sitting there. Or give them a hug. Or... (laughs) Maybe do something to go and actually buy food if you think that they're just going to squander money on drugs. I I lost that inner dialogue with myself a long time ago. In fact, another pact I made with myself is if someone asks me for something, I I have to. It's it's just a pact I, I made. Someone asks or is showing a sign for money or something, I am not going to um, overlay it with my story of me projecting why they're doing what they're doing and why don't you just go get a job and why are you doing this and blah, 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 blah. I see you here and I saw you get in a car and you really don't need this money. I lost all of that. Someone is expressing need in my face. They're asking for something in my face. Maybe we, we don't even know if it's need, but they are asking. And I'm, I just can, I just had, I, I freed myself by not projecting an overlaying story of it. I just freed myself by saying, if that comes into my field, I'm going to answer it with, yes, here's a dollar, here's a hug, oh, I'm here's going to keep that in my back pocket, and I'm going to come in with the sign that has a dollar amount on it. <laughs> I'm going to expect you to give it to I might not be able to, to uh, you know, <laughs> satisfy the quota, but I, I, I actually made my life easier because it took so much of my mental processing and my own judgment out of the picture. Someone just says, I'm expressing something to you. Can you help? Yes, I can. Here's a good quote I saw today. It says, when we treat people merely as they are, they will remain as they are. When we treat them as if they were what they should be, they will become what they should be. I thought that was interesting, that quote, because it's really saying that you can, you can see somebody in their higher self and they become that higher self. And that was under kindness quotes that hmm. I found that. I, you look perplexed read, by that I, one. I, I am a little perplexed. Read that one. I again. didn't like the word should. Should, because yes. should should can be a trigger. That sounds like your projection of what they should. Be. Right, exactly. But when you treat people merely as merely as they are, meaning if you're treating them like if they're doing something that you think is harmful or neglectful, and you're treating them um, like you're judging them, maybe. But if you treat them like you see that what, what I would term my, their God seed, they become that aspect of their God seed. So I thought that was an interesting one. I, like I said, I didn't really appreciate the word should because that is a projection in my opinion. But I liked seeing that you could treat somebody um, in, in a, in a, tr- with kindness, really, yes. if you're treating them with kindness because you're, you're, you're raising the bar. Right. And they can raise themselves to that bar because you're actually setting it ahead for them. Yeah. That was, I mean, I, you explained it much better. That quote actually ended up triggering It triggers me. you. It, it did, triggers you, it I know. It triggered me a little bit. It should be that. and uh, judge them as they are or anything like that. I want to close the show just um, talking about the, the 
ability to receive. We mentioned it earlier, but that cannot be more important that if you are going to be good at committing acts of kindness, you will be better at receiving. And that is a huge thing. My favorite book, The Log of the Sea of Cortez, John Steinbeck is talking about his buddy, Ed Ricketts. And Ed Ricketts was this marine biologist, kind of a philosopher, inspirational guy. And he was able to receive. And John Steinbeck was just awed by Ricketts' ability to receive and what a rarity that is, that so often people give out of ego, give out of self-aggrandizement, all these things. But receiving means you truly do love yourself. You can't Mm -hmm. receive graciously unless you love yourself. So keep in mind that reciprocation process. It's, yes, going out and committing acts of kindness, wonderful things, but keep your heart and radar, mind, eyes, spirit open to the receiving to keep the cycle the way life really works, the perpetuation of it, Mm. the Newtonian cycle of a a wheel in motion wants to stay in motion or an object in motion wants to stay in motion. That gift reciprocity, that kind of, uh, that acts of kindness doesn't just mean you're going to do it. It means it's, it is going to come back to you and can you receive it? That's a big, important part of this whole conversation. Something to ponder. There you go. Definitely. God, I'm glad that Matt Costa just walked in because I don't have a key to lock the station and I know he does. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. I don't think I'd be sharing that on the uh, air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to leave the station unlocked. <laughs> I'll make sure that the station is always locked, but this it's a little more. This is the Laurel and Hardy show yeah. of all of our shows. Whatever. Definitely, it's, it's, it is what it is. Thank you for <laughs> listening. We love our listeners. We love our friends. It, it has been an amazing four years journey for sure. I mean, uh, I stand back in awe that I'm still doing this, and um, what a gift it's been. Tyler's vision, the station manager and owner, his vision for having a small station like this, but now technology. It's not a small station. It's around the world like any other station. If people find it and vibrate with it, the machinery is there that you can listen to it. It's incredible to me. And what a gift I lo- it has I love been. the vehicle. I've even lined up the guests. You, you're letting me host the November 1st show, I think you All said. All Saints Day show, yeah. Yeah, and we have, the, we have two guests already lined up. Nice. I'm, I'm excited to announce them soon. And next year, <laughs> and next year, <laughs> next year, next week, uh, I, we're going to be doing our Halloween show, which has always sort of gone into witchcraft, Wicca, um, paganism, all those different oh. things. And um, in some vein or fashion, it's going to be. And that he's as well. looking to me to find the guest. Find for us a next witch. Week. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Um, here's uh, we have to. End oh, you got to play the Shambhala, song. Three yep. Dog Night. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Awakening Code Radio. <laughs> Bye, everyone. On KX93.5. <laughs> oh, we got it all in. There you go. I want to hit the post. Boom. Wash away my troubles. Wash away my pain. With the rain and Shambhala. Wash away my sorrow. Wash away my shame. With the rain and Shambhala.
Shambhala Tell me How does your light shine